All right, so we're here with Adam Lowe, who's the Chief Product Officer at Arculus. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great. And so to get started here, why don't you tell us a bit about your professional background and how you came into the crypto kind of Web3 ecosystem? Sure. So I've been with Compo Secure, which is the parent company of Arculus for about 10 years. And in those 10 years, we've really grown the business around payment technology. So I'm sure you've seen or have in your pocket metal payment card. You know, we make millions and millions of them for the largest banks and fintechs around the world. And, you know, I've spent a good chunk of that career developing tap to pay on metal, which is non-trivial and a bunch of other things for the payment space. What's really important is people may not realize every time you tap that card or dip that card, you're doing a cryptographic transaction. And it occurred to me that we could do a lot more with cards and everybody already has them in their pockets. So we added two types of keys to cards. So one is uh, what people will ref often refer to as a YubiKey. So everybody has maybe seen or used a YubiKey where it's it's still elliptic curve tech and it allows you to safely and securely log into websites, right? So whether that be your favorite bank or Instagram or Facebook or exchanges like Coinbase, you can log in with a cryptographic key instead of a username and password. And as we all know, usernames and passwords are shared secrets. And anyone that's shared a secret, that's a problem. The other, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure a lot, is our full hardware wallet, where we've taken kind of every sort of cryptography that you can think of, put it on the smart card, and now we can do full hardware wallet, key generation, and signing for your favorite blockchain. So a little, Great. yeah, just a little more on me prior to that, I was in defense. Sure. And that's really what allowed me to kind of get a deep appreciation for cryptography and proper key management, key handling, um, and just how to keep people safe. Great, great. And I appreciate your both your background and also the kind of the background of the company, just in the sense that these were, you know, in you know, in crypto world, we talk, you know, sometimes we throw in these terms of like military grade cryptography and things of that nature. But you were actually building like military grade cryptography in your or working with these technologies in your previous career. And CompuSecure has obviously been in this payment technology business for for you know since well beyond the originations of, of cryptocurrency as a, as a, as a thing, right? So um, maybe talk a bit about just how the, you know, those experiences of, of maybe yourself and then the company kind of preceding crypto have really kind of really lay a foundation for what you guys have been able to develop here now that you're, you know, you have a product that's crypto focused product. Sure. So at Arculus, you know, we really focus on three pillars, which is safety, simplicity, and security. So on the safety side, right, we built 3FA. So it's something you have, which is your Arculus card that's specific to you, something you know, which is your six digit pin, which protects your card, and something you are, which is the biometric, which prevents you know anyone else from getting in your app. So we really have that depth of defense in the product. We think that's very important. The second is simplicity, right? Where other hardware wallets, you'll still be turning them on, you'll be done your transaction with Arculus, right? Everybody knows tap to pay. Everybody's used to payment card. Everybody can tap a card to a phone. So we really think that that's that standard motion and that standard flow is very important. So we emulated payments a lot where everybody's familiar with that. And finally, security. So we do use, you know, secure chips, the same type of chips that are in the U.S. passport, right. the same type of firmware that's in payment cards, right? There's 15 billion payment cards roughly in the world. Payment cards have never been penetrated in their entire history. So, you know, we think that that is the, the right approach for generating keys and keeping your keys safe. Great. 
And then maybe walk us through just what is the customer experience of actually using the Arculus wallet? Like what, what do I actually do as a user to set this up and then not only store my, store my, store my coins, but also, you know, use them for, you know, in, in, in various other capacities if I want to do so. Sure. So it's a, it's, again, it's designed to be super straightforward and easy. If you are brand new, it's your first kind of hardware wallet. You want to start fresh. You hit new wallet, you choose 12 or 24 words. Um, it will give you your 12 or 24 words. You write them down on a, in a piece of paper. You're going to put in a fireproof vault. Then you hit next. It'll auto-generate all of your addresses, and you're good to go. It's literally two or three minutes to set up. You know, If you already have an existing wallet that you want to import, say, from MetaMask or other places, you'll simply type your 12 or 24 words into Arculus. It will securely generate your keys on your card. It'll ask you to tap the card to the phone. Uh, set your pin. And again, you're fully set up in two or three minutes. It'll pull down all of your balances from the blockchains. You'll see your addresses and balances. And again, you're you're ready to rock in just a couple of minutes. Then as far as making a transaction, if I want to either send crypto or if I want to stake my coins or or something of that nature, how, how would that process look like? Sure. So we, again, we put kind of the rich UI, the rich user experience on the mobile where we think it belongs, not a tiny little USB stick. And we put the security, you know, separately offline on the card. So you can fully interact with the Web3 environment. So you, let's say you want to send crypto to a friend. You can scan their QR code, cut and paste their address, manually enter it, though we don't recommend that, into the platform, you know, hit send, tap your card, pin, and off it goes. So it's very easy. Let's say you want to interact with the Web3 world. Arculus is fully compliant. So there, simply hit the QR code button on the phone. You'll scan your favorite address, scan Wallet Connect to connect to your favorite DEX or other platform, and then Arculus can sign. So if you want to swap, you can either swap within the app uh, or you could go somewhere like Uniswap and swap there. Great, great. And then maybe tell us a bit more about just how this particular hardware wallet is. Like what are sort of the security benefits of this as opposed to maybe other solutions on the market, whether they be maybe more like kind of retail solutions or whether they be maybe more like institutional custody type solutions. Like what is it that makes like Arculus really like a unique product from uh, from a security perspective in your opinion? Sure. So from a security perspective, I think one thing that's very important is that, you know, getting into the weeds, the, the private keys on the card are permanently burnt and non-exportable. So they're, they're what are called private key objects. And we, unlike other platforms, like you cannot export them like period, full stop. The other important thing about the design of the product is, you know, obviously we have to ship the card someone, right? So I know that I shipped the card to John Smith at 123 Mockingbird Lane, but I don't know anything about your keys, right? The card goes out blank and I don't know anything about your addresses. So even under subpoena, like I could not tell them what your keys or even your crypto addresses are because I simply don't know. And we have no way to link uh, for privacy reasons, your crypto addresses, keys, balances to an individual. We just don't by design. So I think from a security and safety perspective, that's both of those are very, very important. So you would know that I am I am an account, I have an, an account of I'm an Arculus user. Like I, I purchased an Arculus wallet, but you would not know you'd not be able to link like, okay, Aaron is Aaron is linked to this, you know, particular address or this particular set of keys, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like completely by design. Got it, got it. And then, and maybe talk a bit about kind of on the business side here, you know, give us a bit of a history of just, you know, I know, I know the product has been around for a couple of years now, 
but maybe maybe give us a bit of kind of background just you know when did the product launch what has been kind of the the distribution and, and the rollout looking like and i know you also have it's a, it's a retail product but you also have a b2b kind of white label solution as well maybe talk a bit about uh what that looks like and then what what type of uptake or partnerships you've seen on that front sure <clears throat> so the company has been around maybe a little less than two years. Product been out about 18 months-ish. That's the consumer product that originally launched in the U.S. So we're continuing to grow international distribution of the U.S. product. You know, we're a reasonable-sized public company here in the U.S., so we have conservative lawyers, so we have to make sure we check every box, which, you know, not every crypto company does. They just kind of go do whatever. Whereas here, we're, you know, making sure we follow all the compliance and all of the local laws, et cetera. So we are rolling out. We're in the U.S., U.K., Australia, Canada, continuing to roll out into EU. And we'll be planning on rolling out in LATAM countries. Again, we're just making sure we follow all import-export laws and, and doing everything right there. Uh, importantly, you brought up B2B because we already have a, a number of partnerships and, you know, a number of people have white-labeled the Arculus product. You know, you have Change Finance in Asia, as an example. Invesco in LATAM that uses the product. You know, we have a number of partnerships that are under NDA and, you know, you'll see by end of year, but aren't rolled out yet. So, you know, people really use the B2B product in two ways. The first is turnkey, meaning, you know, Arculus is black. We turn it purple, we put their name on it and they kind of get a turnkey Arculus out the door. And also what a lot of people do is they take our SDK. So they use Arculus Tech to sign, right? They already have some wallet. They want to add hardware wallet capability. We give them our software development kit, make cards, you know, for their brand. They incorporate that into their wallet and off we go. So this is what Change Finance did. You know, we're really excited to partner with them on that as an example. Great, great. And then as far as partners go or potential partners, what does your kind of ideal potential partner look like? Or who would be the the type of entity that would that would benefit you know the most from from a product like this or a partnership like this? Sure, I mean I think there's a number of platforms that would benefit you know any software wallet out there. You know think of things like Trust Wallet or an Exodus Wallet or you know pick your favorite software wallet where you're self custodied but your keys are still on your phone. And ultimately, end of the day, you know maybe it's because I worked with intelligence agencies and special forces when I was in defense. I don't like anything private on my phone. So, you know, that to me is why keeping keys safe and offline and off your phone is important. You know, also the other product I mentioned, the kind of YubiKey on a card, we see massive take up on that with our payment partners, right? Because again, I would much rather lock down, you know, my favorite bank account or even exchange, right? Centralized exchanges have value in the ecosystem, but I don't want my exchange account to get hacked. So whether it be Coinbase or Binance or pick your favorite account, they all already support kind of YubiKeys but I lost at least three of them because I, I don't know, I'm scatterbrained. So I'd rather have it on a card that I know I'm not going to lose and be in my pocket. So pick your favorite exchange. Many of them issue cards. You add this YubiKey type functionality, this FIDO key to that payment card, and you now have a force to be reckoned with. So how does this, how does this differ from just using like a Google authenticator or another, you know, you know, off the authenticator or something? Like how, how does, how is, is what you're providing more secure than, than, than something like this? Sure. So, you know, the, it is definitely more secure. There's kind of three layers of security, right? So somebody turns on 2FA, you often get a text message, right? That's bad. Like just Google how worthless a text message 2FA is, you know, they're defeated at least 30% of the time. You know, sometimes criminals move on because there's enough people with no 2FA, it's easier just to move on. 
but it be, as it becomes more mandatory, I think people are going to see that, you know, SMS to FA is, is nearly worthless. Um, it's very easy to SIM swap someone. It's very easy to scrape them. Uh, it's bad. So then you step up into something like a, what's called TOTP, right? So time-based, something like a Google Authenticator. That's certainly better. Do a deeper dive in Google. You can see they are still defeatable, but it is much harder. Uh, you know, the problem is it's still cloud-based. So there are several articles out there. I think it was in Gizmodo where Google Authenticator, well, it used to be local only to your phone, will now sync across all the accounts. You know, mm. that when they push that to the cloud, the encryption was not end-to-end. -end, so that caused some problems. And again, anytime you're syncing to the cloud, there can be problems. So when you have this local, you know, hardware authenticator in your hand, that really is the ultimate security. You know, in the same way I trust a padlock to my front door, you know, I want to trust digital keys to the padlock on my account. So instead of a time-based code or text-based code, you know, you either have that private key and it lets you in or you don't. And the nice thing is, is the same technology. You may see Google pushing Google pass keys and Apple pass keys. It's the same tech. It plays nice with that. So, you know, for your average daily driver login, you look at your phone, you log in, but for risk-based events, right? You're changing the address on an account, you're changing a phone number on an account, you're pulling hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, these platforms are gonna have you have to do that step up authentication and tap your card. So it's really an and solution, not an or. So this is, so what you've developed here is really part of a broader trend in the security world where these types of kind of hardware-based, you know, physical authentication is going to be kind of commonplace for any any like major transaction or or like modification of my personal account details or something like that. That's really kind of like the broader trend of where this is going. Like, you know, kind of, you know, you start off with like 2FA is the basic and then authenticator, you know, cloud-based authenticator apps. And then now we're really at the point where it's going to be this, this kind of physical authentication that's really kind of the gold standard. Absolutely. So the world, you know, when Google and Microsoft and the, the other tech overlords decide we're going in a direction and they have, that's where we're going, right? We're going passwordless. You're going to key-based systems and it really can be seamless and easy. It used to be, you know, CISOs only, like your IT guys really focused on this. And now these key-based technologies really are going to be part of your everyday life. And we think we've positioned Arculus well to support that kind of web two, you know, I'm logging into Facebook, whatever, web 2.5, it has blockchain elements, but it's still sort of centralized platform-based, the full web three. I'm fully self-custodied, I'm fully deterministic, right? Arculus can support all three of those from web two to web three and everything in between to be a security and hardware provider, and importantly, an easy to use and secure hardware provider. So that's where we're trying to position Arculus. And I think we've done a good job doing that, supporting banking all the way up to the latest and greatest web three blockchain. Got it, got it. So dumb question here, what happens if I lose my card? Sure, so Arculus is fully recoverable. So whether you have 12 or 24 words, you get a new Arculus card, you enter in your 12 or 24 words, the card will securely regenerate your keys and you're good to go. Importantly, if you leave that card at a bar or beach or wherever, no one can use it, right? Because they don't know your pin. And then on three incorrect attempts, the card will wipe. And they also aren't synced to your phone. So if someone just downloads a new Arculus app, grabs your card from a bar and tap, the card's gonna say, hey, do you wanna wipe and create a new wallet or restore? It's not just gonna work because it's not synced to that phone. So really, again, we built it with that depth of defense concept. Got it, got it. So so basically the attack surface is in the event of, of a card getting lost or stolen or like the phone getting stolen, 
they obviously can't make any transactions. Even if they know your PIN, they still can't make any transactions without the card, right? So they would need the phone, they would need the PIN, and they would need the card essentially to authorize any transaction. So like you're you're kind of, you know, there's sort of three layers of security here, essentially. Is, am, I, am I understanding that correctly? Yes. So exactly right. I can hand you my cell phone. I can hand you my card. You don't know my PIN and you don't look like me, so you can't buy a metric in. So they're really, even with literally my card and my phone, you still cannot transact on Arculus. Got it. Got it. Um, and then maybe transitioning over into kind of broader subject of custody and crypto right now. We've had, I think since we first met a couple months ago at Consensus, we've had a couple of flare-ups uh, in the custody world here. First with with Ledger, where there was an issue where they, they introduced a recovery service, right? Uh, an optional, but you know, uh, yet very controversial recovery service. And and we also have had this, this what appears to be a pretty massive meltdown at, at Prime Trust, which is a regulated custodian out of Nevada, which a lot of crypto firms were using. And and not not trying to necessarily pour gasoline on a fire here, but I think these these examples highlight like just like why this is such an important issue that we have to get right. And uh, and for me, I'm, I've been personally a little bit frustrated by this because it's it's like guys, we're in 2023 now. Like we've been at this for like 10 years. Like how come we can't get this basic stuff correct? You know. So I would like I would get, like to get your thoughts on on just both of these issues. I mean, just kind of from your perspective as maybe not even necessarily as a competitor, but more as a, you know, a security, you know, kind of cryptography guy, but also also from, you know, how does how, how does the solution that you've built perhaps, you know, you know, you know, rectify some of these issues that we're seeing or or how are you guys approaching, you know, these 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 the situation that we've been seeing the last couple of months? Sure. So I was I was actually on self-custody and hardware wallet panel with the ledger CEO at Bitcoin Miami when it kind of was all blowing up. And yeah, he, he took a lot of heat for that. So I think, you know, actually the, the premise to securely store your 12 words, right, which is this holy grail kind of in the space or 24 words, right, your recovery phrase of how to do that securely is an extremely important mission. I just, I think the way they've been about it was incorrect. So what they essentially did was every piece of ledger hardware out there even though the service is optional, right? The, the op code, the code to run that execution and make your private keys exportable uh, is there. And that is a security problem, right? Because any hacker will tell you if the code is there and I try hard enough, I can get it to run. You know, they may disagree with that, but that's, that's a fundamental premise. So you don't take hardware devices and make it optionally have all those private keys exportable. Like that's a problem. You know, if they really wanted to do the, the ledger recovery service product, they really should have thought about having an independent system to do that. So that, that's that's a problem. For people that want to deep dive, I really encourage you to go look at the Reddit thread around it. There's a lot of noise in there. But within that, you'll see ledger co-founders commenting. You'll see other people commenting on the details of the product and what it does and doesn't do. And you can make informed decisions for yourself. So again, I, to your point, from a security architecture standpoint, you know, Arculus believes private keys are private and private keys are non-exportable. So you'll see all this noise about, you know, updating firmware and this and that, like Arculus does not update its firmware. When we had a Arculus V2, we gave our early adopters a brand new card, you know, took down the old inventory and put up new inventory for the product because we don't believe in upgrading firmware in the field. We believe it's a safety risk, so we don't do it. And we believe that private keys, again, should be private and non-exportable. So it's, it's a fundamental design difference 
versus that that ledger product where you're pulling apps on and off, et cetera. Right. And it and for those who may not may not have tracked this ledger drama to the very end, how did this end up was there a resolution to this at all? Did did Ledger walk back the upgrade or or is it is it still kind of like buyer beware, do your own due diligence before you download this update type of situation? They walked it back a little bit and essentially paused it and have said they are going to open source as much as they can on it, but the core premise is still there. So there's a timeline and I think it's a little a little up in the air as to exactly where they're going to end up, but they did pause slash slow roll it. And, and that le leads me to one of my next questions here, which is, it seems like Ledger kind of got in, I mean, again, I'm not trying to, you know, trash Ledger here. I'm just sort of speaking matter of factly here, but it seems like I've been caught in a situation where they're really trying to prioritize kind of utility and like new bells and whistles and things over just the fundamental security. Right. And like, you know, they've, they've, you know, They've evolved a lot since from being just like a little like USB stick where you store your crypto. They have the, you know, there's a whole ledger live for staking. There's you can buy and sell. You can do all these different things. They support, you know, mountains of currencies. And, you know, I've seen some of the kind of the cons, I guess, if, if I can say that word of, of Arculus have been like, oh, they don't necessarily offer like the features that a ledger wallet has. And I guess, well, depending on your perspective, that's, that's either a feature or a bug, right? But I mean, is this, is this one of these? As as many hardware manufacturers, wallet manufacturers are trying to commercialize these products. Like, do you run into this temptation where you're like, okay, we got to add more bells and whistles to kind of make this thing like sexier, so we can you know sell more sell more units? Or I mean, how do you is that a real tension here, or is that maybe just something that people on Twitter are are kind of making up? Yeah, I mean, some of that's you know marketing buzz, where you know various platforms will say, oh, we support X thousand tokens. Well, they're not supported live in their app, right? So you can't directly do it in Ledger Live. It will just technically sign for it. So some of that's just marketing buzz and you have to go manually add that. You know, I will say that that quote con of Arculus is, is going away in the sense that we're being very methodical about the chains that we add. So we are adding them, just safety is of the utmost concern, not speed. So, you know, in the last few months we've added, I don't know how many chains, Cardano, Aptos, we're you know, releasing Cardano staking very soon, a Polkadot, you know, kind of you name your favorite chain, we're well over 95% of the market cap. So, you know, kind of that Arculus 1 to Arculus 2 I was speaking about, I think you could make that knock on Arculus kind of 1.0, whereas Bitcoin, ETH, and, and kind of and XRP, you know, some of the core chains in the space. But, you know, since then, we've added almost every commercially relevant blockchain out there, and we're continuing to add features. So I think we're caught up to mostly caught up. But to answer your question, yeah, I do think there's that temptation for Ledger and, you know, they've done a lot of capital raises, right? And I think there's that temptation to get recurring revenue on, you know, one of these service type features. And that certainly is a pressure in the space to find additional ways to monetize besides a one-time hardware sale. Got it. Got it. And I want to get your thoughts on the prime trust, this sort of meltdown that we've seen the last couple of weeks as well. Obviously they're not, you know, this is what you guys are offering is a bit a much different product than what Prime Trust is offering, where it's much more of an institutional custodian that a lot of the, you know, kind of the recognizable brand names in the in the industry use. I think most most notably, you know, the Swan Bitcoin guys who <laughs> had a bit of maybe had a bit of egg on their face after some of this. But but I mean there's a bunch of other folks that have been using these guys as well. And and again, not trying to pour gasoline on the fire here, but I think the I was hoping you could maybe walk us through like what's been happening there, like what do we know? And 
like what are the like what are the lessons that we need to be learning from this? Uh, what are the lessons that you're trying to 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 really you know kind of learn from this experience? Yeah, I mean, Prime Trust is a qualified custodian, institutional custodian. So it's it's in a very different space than Arculus. We're not a qualified custodian, and, and we're not in that institutional space. Now, I will say, Arculus is certainly institutional grade hardware, and we'd be happy to provide them to people that that want to do that. But we are not going to be a service provider. You know, we don't have Arculus institution. Right. Um, that said, you know, I think the most important thing someone can do when looking at an institutional custodian is do their own diligence. So, you know, there's a lot of temptation in the space to, to go quick and look at a couple stickers and move on. So, you know, if I had significant assets, if I was in an institution and had significant assets at a qualified custodian, I would be doing on-site audits. I would be doing procedural audits. And if they did not want to let me do that, I would be finding a different institutional custodian. So just because someone has SOC 2 sticker doesn't mean you should believe them. And, you know, if you're an institution, you should go audit that. Just because someone has a different ISO sticker, great, audit it. And you really need to do your diligence there. I mean, the fact to your earlier point um, that some of this happened relative to potential of problems with keys, loss of funds, uh, it really shouldn't, it should never, ever happen in a qualified custodian due to dual control rules and logging rules and all of the things that are supposed to put this into place that it physically cannot happen. Um, it's it's astounding to me that, that there's problems, but, you know, you're asking for facts and that's correct. You know, it has been put into receivership by the state of Nevada. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an ugly situation all around. And I think really just highlights the need to go back to some of the, these blocking and tackling type questions of like, okay, how do we actually, you know, custody is just this fundamental thing, right? Where if you don't have this, like you have no industry at this point, right? So if we can't get this right, we're in 2023, halfway through 2023, we can't get this function right, then like, like what are we doing here, right? So I think there's, I mean, I'm personally feeling a bit of frustration about this and I'm, I'm sure other people are as well. So I appreciate your, your, your feedback on that. Uh, and maybe just switching gears here, the last question for you would be kind of on this question of just you know market diversification. We've been seeing you know the last you know six twelve months just a lot of companies in the industry really trying to take a, more of a geographic you know geographically you know diversified sort of approach moving into new markets. Obviously, there's some movement in you know places in Asia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Japan. There's been uh, some le- enabling legislation in Europe, and now obviously Brazil and South America is on the map as well. You mentioned this a little bit earlier in your opening comments, but wanted to just get some more color from you on what is Arculus's strategy for for kind of you know expanding into new markets and you know finding new customers in these new markets. Yeah, so we plan on pushing into new markets on both the B two B and B two C products. Let's say especially with a focus on B two B partners, where we can you know greatly inject into a market more rapidly. The other advantage when you have a B2B partner in a, in a space in a new market is they know that market better than you. So you're better able to affect change and penetrate that market. So I agree that crypto to some extent has pivoted, I don't want to say out of the US, but a, as a percentage of the space, right? You can see a lot more movement into places that are better defined and are less hostile, frankly. So in Asia, agree that Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, are places to watch. You know, we have already have some partners in Singapore where we have some partners that aren't announced yet in Japan that we're continuing to partner with and, and grow the business there. Uh, in Latin America, I mentioned Invesco, who does some work with Abra. So we're, we're doing work with them 
and we see that space very much continuing to grow. We're working with people like Visa to help kind of grow that market. And I think you have to look at each market independently. So in places like Latin America, crypto is much more day-to-day -day transactional. You can actually go to a grocery store and buy things with it. You can't say that in most, most of the world. So we are framing the product appropriate for the market. So we're looking at how do we bring transactional products to Latin America? You know, in Asia, in Japan and some other markets, it's more collectibles based and token gating. And it's still everyday life, but it's a little less transactional. It's more about interacting with an ecosystem. So we're partnering with B2B spaces in Asia around that. In Europe, it's still more uh, a bit of a investment asset investment class. So we're doing work there. So we're, you know, Arculus can support all those things, but in terms of building and supporting the product and promoting the product in each region, I think you have to look at what that region wants and needs. Great, great. Well, Adam Lowe, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate your time. And I'll give you the last word here if there's anything else you want to add. And then if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you? Sure. So I'm easy to find. So Adam Lowe on LinkedIn, if you personally want me, I encourage everyone to go look at Arculus. So all of our socials are at this is Arculus, and you can find Arculus at getarculus.com. So for a last thought, you know, crypto doesn't have to be hard. Crypto should be a daily part of your life. And, you know, we think Arculus can help you do that. So again, Arculus is safe, simple, secure. Whether you're investing in crypto assets, want to have some self-sovereignty around your identity, or rather you just want to have an asset that you think is in a hedge against inflation, we encourage you to do your own diligence. Then once you get some assets, keep it on something like Arculus, your keys, your crypto. Great. Well, thanks so much, Adam, for your time. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Obrigado, everyone. And thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five-star rating on your podcast app if you enjoyed this content. We'll be back soon with another great guest.